Rob, let's talk about the wildfires first, uh, because I know a lot of uh, people have been talking about how bad the season has been so far. Is government ready for this? Yeah, I mean, no one was ready for how early the season has started here. Uh, but it does sound like government uh, is on top of things. There was a very extensive briefing yesterday that showed that we're on a, an early bad trajectory. And don't be fooled if we get a little bit of rain today. We need several days of intense rain to make a difference here because we're three to four weeks earlier than normal on on the way that the snow melted in the mountains. And so that has led to the peak lightning season right now, uh, combining with forests that are available to burn in the Alpine. And we we are seeing that um, with uh, the uh, evacuation order last night uh, in Tumbler Ridge, more than 2,000 people because of a fire up there ordered uh, to leave in what looks like uh, a fire that was started by lightning. So that is a problem. And we're into record-breaking heat and, and drought in May. And there's a whole bunch of fires going on right now. The second largest wildfire in BC's history up in uh, the Donny Creek wildfire southeast of Fort Nelson. And we're already exceeding, uh, you know, the number of fires this time of year uh, in 16 of the last 20 years. So it's it's bad. Um, but uh, it is, uh, you know, we know typically how to handle bad years in BC, and uh, it sounds like uh, it sounds like that is where we're going. And uh, we know that there are campfire bans now in place, and people asked to do. I think that was part of the news conference too. People asked to, to do their part when it comes to preventing fires, as unfortunately a lot of the fires are human caused as well. Uh, did they talk at all about the cost or f- the financials? As far as this is likely going to be a very expensive wildfire fighting season as well. Yeah, not yet. But the thing to remember about the way province uh, pays for wildfires, and it's changed a little bit in in the last few years, is we just pull the money out as we need it from contingencies in the budget. So it does eventually, you know, have a little bit of impact, but it is it is almost limitless. We never encounter a problem uh, finding the money uh, for the forest firefighting. The government just does it and uh, and then figures it out later. And I think that's a good way to do it because you don't want to be nickel and diming. Uh, the hardworking people and the helicopters and, and things that are needed. So there, there will be a big price tag for sure. That you know, it's hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars uh, during uh, bad firefighting seasons, and we pay for help we get from other provinces too. And there's already some other provinces and another country sending firefighters here. But uh, it's never a ma- it's never a matter of whether we can pay. It's just a matter of accounting for it later. All right. So that's on the wildfire front. Let's take a look at as well as uh, fire related, uh, everything being cut off or the road to Port Alberni to Fino and the issues with getting around in that area. Yeah, it's peak tourist season for Tofino. Lots of people on the mainland, you know, like to head out there. And right now, uh, Port Alberni and Tofino and Euclid are cut off from the rest of the province because of a fire that has closed Highway 4 near Cameron Lake. And so yesterday, the, the mayor of Port Alberni is talking about uh, some shortages of food and supplies and stores, gas stations running out of gas. It's possible that that uh, community is cut off for several days. Uh, and there are a couple detour routes, but they are, they are bad. They are really, really bad. One of them is Bamfield. And I don't know if you remember, but there was two uh, UVic students who died when a bus rolled over on the Bamfield Road, this old, narrow, dirt, uh, sort of gravel crummy road in 2019 and now people are trying to use this thing uh to get out of port alberni it looks like mad max there's like dust everywhere and there's lineups of 
And the government is saying, don't, don't do it. Please do not get on that road unless you need to, because it's just not, um, it's not safe. And so that was actually supposed to be a paved road, uh, chip sealed road after the, the fatalities in, uh, in Ubik. And it sounds like due to a lack of money, that project is way, way behind. So the other interesting thing that's going on there is there is another road out of Port Alberni. Uh, it's owned by Mosaic, a forest company. It's called the Horn Lake Road. It goes near uh, a provincial park. There's a gate on it, hmm. and you can't, you can't use it. The public can't use it because Mosaic is, uh, well, doesn't want the public to use it. And so some people have expressed extreme frustration with that. Why are these forest companies you know, uh, blocking access to routes out of town and, uh, and the, the forest company saying, well, well, we'll let some emergency vehicles use it, but that's it. And that's raised some frustrations in, in Port Alberni as well. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I remember the talk of paving the other road and uh, sadly the fatalities. But you're right, not uh, not one that you could just use on a whim and, and, uh, and expect it to go smooth. No, no bathrooms, no gas stations, no cell service. There's been some vehicles that have flipped over. Uh, it's, it, you don't want to be on it, especially at night. And so the government's trying to wrestle with that at a time. There are some supply trucks that have been able to make that route. But, uh, you know, we, like we saw in COVID, too. Remember the great toilet paper shortage? Mm-hmm. Everyone ran out and bought all the toilet paper. Like, people do weird things when it looks like um, panic is setting in. And so they're trying to encourage that not to happen in, in Port Alberni. Yes. All right. So we'll keep following that as well. Rob, let's also touch on BC Ferries because we know there's not going to be the buffet coming back and there was a lot of reaction to that. But that's just one of what could potentially be a lot of changes and really an overhauling of what the ferries experience could be like. The buffet took all the attention this week, but more important uh, was this proposal from BC Ferries to overhaul foot and vehicle passenger uh, ways they get on the ship into ticketless automated uh, ways. So the the proposal from them, and they have to uh, get a pitch to the regulator, is, um, for example, if you're driving on the ferry, what you would see in the future is a kind of automated pre-gate stop where cameras measure your vehicle size, the license plate gets read by a, a reader, checks to see if you have a reservation. If you do, you're automatically sent to an express lane, and the whole thing takes maybe 10 seconds. You don't even have to talk to a ticket agent from your car. If you're a foot passenger, you would have a fare gate, a little bit like TransLink. You'd, you'd get your ticket on your phone, scan the barcode, go up to the, uh, the gate, scan your barcode again, and go on. Right now, you got to get a paper ticket like it's, you know, 1972 and you can get your ticket on the app, but no one at BC Ferries can scan the app barcode. So you take your barcode up to the ticket agent in person and they print a paper copy and you go get on the ship. And sometimes, I don't know if you've had this experience, you walk on to a BC Ferries vessel and you meet that last attendant who checks your ticket. They don't even check it. They have a garbage can <laughs> and they point to the garbage can and you put your paper ticket directly in the garbage can. It's ridiculous. So these are the reforms that BC Ferries is undertaking, uh, paper, touchless, and it'll bring them into, you know, the modern age. They say their customers are frustrated that on, on airlines and even buses in Metro Vancouver, there's more technology at play. And that is a bigger, more, we don't need the exact price tag, more expensive, ambitious thing. It could be in place next year if they get approval in Swanson and uh, Duke Point. So that's big, and, and that's the kind of thing people will see, especially those getting ready for the ferry 
Uh, later today. And I mean, it's pretty amazing when you think about it, too, that this could be in place for next year. And you mentioned the app. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that BC Ferries finally got the app. And one of the complaints has been how how far behind it's been with streamlining things. So I think people would like this. Yeah, you can get the app. You just can't do anything. Like, you know, it's like it's useless. It's like a, it almost mocks you when you're on the app and you got to go stand in the ticket line up with a, you know, with a senior citizen who wants to pay by check or something like that. And you're like, what am I doing here? Um, but, you know, it, it is BC Ferries. Everything they do is controversial and people are always upset. But this kind of vaults it, I think, maybe into the modern age a little bit. The full setup of all this would take several years. So before it's in place in all the major kind of routes, that might take up to four years. But the Swasson Duke Point could be going next year. And I think people, I think it would help um, give people maybe a little bit less frustration. And frankly, in their submission, BC Ferry says it could help staff not get uh, so many frustrated interactions with customers. And this is the other thing, you know, when you make a reservation to to get on a a ship, drive on a ship, you got to be there within that 60 to 30 minute window. Mm -hmm. If they bring this in and it's all automated, you could, you could show up with your reservation just before the ship leaves because you're, it's so fast. So then that eliminates that annoying window that you're, you're rushing to get to. So the whole thing is is a good idea, um, and uh, we will see if uh, they get approval to do it. Right, because there's a, not a worse feeling than when you're in that lineup and you see the window close. You got there in time, but you spent so much time in the lineup, you missed your reservation window. Yeah, the reservation window is weird, and it's stressful. You know, I talked to the CEO a, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and he was like, you know what? I, you know what I hear from people? The whole thing's stressful. They find mm-hmm. the entire ferries experience stressful, and we want to do something to limit that. You book ahead of time, you show your code, and you're on. And, and then people are a little bit happier, you know. The, then they go up and look for the buffet, and the buffet's not there, and then they freak <laughs> out. But that's fine. That's fine. One problem at a time, I think, for BC Ferries, and, and uh, this is one they could solve. All right. Uh, sounds like that would be great. Uh, Rob, we'll leave it there. Great chatting with you this week. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me on.